friend, I'm Neil, and I believe that you can make as much money as you want working as little as you want. This podcast is the answer to how. People told me that I could choose to work less, but if I did make that choice, I would have to also choose to make less money. I finally called BS on this idea and went on a mission to figure out how to make six figures or more working on a part-time schedule. I did it in the corporate world, and now I'm doing it as an entrepreneur. I work less than half of what I used to work as an employee in my corporate job, and I have 10 times my corporate salary. Now, I teach others how to do business on a part-time schedule too, so they have more freedom and flexibility. This is what the semi-retired lifestyle is all about, and I believe it's the antidote to the too busy life. Let's face it, if you didn't have to work all the time for money, you wouldn't be too busy for the life you really wanted to live. In this show, I'm sharing my secrets, tools, and strategies to do business and life on your own terms and live the lifestyle of your dreams. It's time to unbusy your life. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, hello and welcome back. So excited to be here with you today and so grateful that you're joining me for this episode. So today we're going to do part two of the failure series (laughs) where last week I talked with you about the top five lessons that I've learned by doing my 50 fails experiment in that first quarter. And the lessons I've learned have been really impactful, things that I don't know if I would have seen without having done the failures, or certainly they would have taken me a lot longer to have seen and to realize without going through that process. So today what I wanted to do was follow up on that episode with you because I've gotten a couple of messages from people on Instagram who are watching those weekly Failure Tuesday lives and sharing with me their failures. And what I've noticed is that in multiple situations, the failures that they're doing aren't going to create the kind of results and success that they really want. They're what I would call ineffective failures. And so in today's episode, I wanted to share with you the difference between ineffective failure and effective failure so that if you're going to go down this path and you're going to do this, you can make sure that you're creating results from the types of failures that you're doing. Okay. So let's first just define the difference between effective failure and ineffective failure. So The best example I can give, and I just pulled this from Instagram um, when I was messaging back and forth with this person, Um, she told, she said, Hey, Neil, this is my failure for this week. I've planned to do, she's planned to do this thing. She said, and I didn't do it. So that was my failure for the week. And this is an inaction type of failure, and it's not going to produce results like the action type of failure. And I'm going to get into the details of this in just a second. But one of my brilliant students, Christina, in one of my masterminds in in class this week said something that I wanted to share with you because I thought it was such an impactful way to think about it, is that you want to make sure that you're failing as a verb. (laughs) Like it's an action, something that you're doing, not an inaction. And I thought, oh my gosh, yes, that's exactly the difference between ineffective and effective action is 
are you doing something versus saying you're going to do something and then not doing it? So I actually think there's three types of ineffective failure. Number one is not doing something or what I would just call in the camp of inaction. Now, the reason why this is, it's not that it's wrong. It's just that you're not going to get data from it because you don't know, you're not any closer to knowing what's working or what's not working because you didn't take any action. So you didn't get a result that you can use to learn a lesson or to help you take the next step forward. So not doing something or inaction is one of the types of ineffective failure. The second type of ineffective failure is, and this is what I did. This is what I for sure had to like coach myself through and get coaching on in January when I started this process is making the failure mean something about you. Like I'm a failure or I'm not cut out for this or I can't do it. Or I'm just someone who can't set big goals or achieve big goals. That is where my mind wanted to go when I first started on this process. So notice if that is where your brain goes to. It's okay to see that, but that you're not going to find the nuggets of gold in that line of thinking, right? Because what's happening is you're identifying with the failure as if it's you versus an action you took. So that's also an ineffective type of failure because it's not about you. The only reason we do the thing, we try something is to get information. And that information is what did that thing that I did produce? What, what results did it produce? So let me give you just like a, a simple example. So maybe you send out an email and that's the thing that you do. And inside of the email, there's a call to action for someone to sign up on your webinar, let's say. So you send the email and maybe the effect of that is you get zero signups. So that was a failure likely because you probably had an idea of how many signups you wanted to have for your webinar. So then it's just a matter of, okay, that email didn't work. What do I try next? It didn't work, meaning It wasn't that I was a failure. It just means that this email that I sent didn't produce the result that I wanted it to produce. Okay. But making that mean something about you, like (laughs) what my brain wants to make it mean is like, I just can't sell through email. I just don't know how to make money through email. People always tell me that send more emails, you make more money. Well, that's just not who I am. Right. That's what prior to all this, that's what my brain would have made the meaning about it. So be careful about what you attach the result to that if you attach it to making it mean something about yourself or not, that's going to produce ineffective failure. Because as long as you do that, then you're going to be, it's going to be so challenging to do another failure, right? Because then it's just you making it mean that you're a failure again and again. And that's a really hard thing to make yourself do, right? To put yourself in the way of like thinking that you're a failure. It will be very unlikely that you'll take a lot of action trying to create fails. Okay. And the third type of ineffective failure is feeling like a failure. So the feelings that I think are most common, um, just based on the coaching that I've done and working with the people in, um, the business world that I have or high achieving people feeling like a failure is really feelings like 
insecurity and self-doubt and worry. And then letting that feeling mean that you are a failure or that you will never get to your goal or using it as an indication that you should stop believing in yourself and your capacity to reach your goal. This is really important because I saw myself do this a lot. So I had this really big goal for um, selling out my mastermind. And I noticed that every single time that I tried something to onboard somebody in the mastermind and didn't work the way that I wanted it to, I just made it mean. I I really just withheld permission from myself for believing in my ability to create that goal. So I just stopped believing in being able to create the goal. And of course, then what would happen? I'm not going to go out and achieve the goal, right? Because I don't believe that I can't. So as humans, we're too smart to go do something that we don't think we can do. We have to have some sense of like, there's a possibility that I might be able to do it and then I'll be able to go out and take action. But if you're like, yeah, just like, I don't believe that I'm ever going to be able to dunk a basketball. (laughs) I am five foot six and I am athletic, have been my whole life, but it's very unlikely I'm going to be able to get my vertical to the place where I am going to dunk a basketball. So I don't even entertain any ideas or trying of any kind to dunk a basketball, right? In my mind, it's impossible. So why would I waste my time and energy going after that? So that's why it's important to see, like, if you're feeling these feelings, feeling like a failure, which is oftentimes insecurity, self-doubt, or worry, and making that feeling mean that you're a failure, that you cannot get to your goal, that you, you use it as a reason to stop believing in yourself and your capacity to reach any goal that you want to set, you're not going to take more action to get there. It's really going to keep you kind of in a stuck spinning space. So those are the three common types of ineffective failure that I have experienced for myself and I've coached lots and lots of people through. So let's flip the coin and let's look at the two steps to effective failure. So remember, effective failure, failing as a verb, It's actively doing something and getting a result from it. Like you get some piece of data. There's an effect from that action that you took. And then being disciplined to learn what that is telling you. What is the success? What is the lesson from this? How can I use it to take the next step forward? So I think that the two steps to effective failure is number one, doing something and having an idea of what you want that something to produce. And then if it doesn't, really understanding how you digest the failure. This sounds weird, right? (laughs) It's like having a meal and then digesting it. But it's very similar because if you fall into resisting the failure, meaning in your own mind, you're like arguing with the effect of the thing that you did. So you took an action. Maybe let's do a concrete example here. So maybe you um, did a webinar and in the webinar, you invited people to join you in your program. Okay. And your goal maybe on the webinar is to sell 20 spots of your program, let's say. And so that's what you did you held a webinar and you invited people to join you in your paid program, let's say. 
And your goal, what you were hoping the effect of that was going to be, would be 20 people in your program. Now, let's say that what that actually produced was five people in your program. So if you go down the rabbit hole of like arguing with this, it should have gone differently and it it wasn't supposed to be this way and I only got five and my goal was 20. You're in the process of resisting the result, resisting the effect of that action that you took. And resistance keeps you in the spin. I wasn't supposed to be this way. I'm not good enough to do this. I'm just not someone who can sell off a webinar. Maybe you think that, right? This is just not for me. I'm just never going to be able to achieve this goal. That's what will happen when you're in the resistance of it because you're focusing on not wanting the effect that you got. And we're not going to change that, right? So it is what has happened. And the more that we focus on not wanting the thing that happened, the less we're able to focus on accepting, okay, this is the way that it turned out. Now what? Which will move you forward versus the resistance of it and not wanting what you got is going to keep you in the spin and stuck. So acceptance and processing of the failure, I think is step number two. Number one is deciding what action I'm going to take. What am I going to try here? And having an idea of you, what effect you want that action to take and whether you get the effect or not determines whether it was a failure or, or a success. But when you get failures, resisting the failure is what will keep you stalled out and not moving forward versus accepting and processing the failure. That will keep you continuously moving forward. I've been doing, let me just explain this with, a, with another example. So I've been doing this 30-day meditation course, and there was this one day where in the course, the teacher taught you about being transparent, like physically. So it was like, um, like your cellophane, you know what I'm talking about? Or saran wrap. Like imagine that you are saran wrap and everything just kind of like passes through you. Like your failure could be light and light is going to pass through cellophane, right? And so I think I might have that wrong. <laughs> not a physics person. So you would be able to see the light through the cellophane, right? So thinking about the failure flowing through you instead of getting stuck inside of you, allowing it to pass through so that you don't get stuck in the spin of it. So imagine like, let me give you a different example. Imagine you're like a strainer. (laughs) I don't know why this one just came to me. This is what I'm thinking of. Maybe because it's almost lunchtime and I'm hungry. Um, you pour water in a strainer, and what happens to that water? It flows through it, right? It doesn't get, it's not a bowl because a bowl is like resistance. A bowl just is going to hold the water there. But the strainer lets the pass, lets the water pass through. It doesn't get stuck like it is in the bowl. So you want to think about being the strainer, not the bowl. If you're the strainer, then the failure is going to process and flow through you. And then you're going to be able to take steps forward because what's going to happen is you're going to be like, okay, that produced five students. What is my next step to create the next 15? I'm still going to hit my 20 goal. It's just not in the way that I thought that it was going to work. Right. And this was like my lesson from last week where I talked about how I noticed my habit is to underestimate what I'm going to have to do to get to my goals, especially if they're big goals that I've never created before. So the extent to which you just 
show up as the strainer for all of those failures instead of the bowl where you're holding them in and getting stuck in them, that is going to determine how quickly you move forward. Because as if you're the strainer, then you're fine. Nothing's, nothing has happened to you. You're like seeing the failure. You didn't get what you wanted, but you're still taking the next step forward. So for instance, in that example, it might be like, huh, so if I can sell five off of this webinar, maybe I schedule three more webinars and I plan to sell five in each of those. That will get me to my 20. Or maybe there's a way for me to still capture some sales from this webinar. It's just not, it wasn't going to be live. Maybe I need to offer them a one-on-one follow-up call or something like that. Like you will get into problem-solving mode if you're the strainer But if you are the bull that's just holding the failure, you're not going to take much action to move forward. You're not going to try and figure it out because you're so stuck in worried about the way that it didn't work that you thought that it should. So you're like fighting against what actually happened instead of thinking about how can you take steps forward to create what you want to happen now. It's going to be in a different way than what you thought, but that's okay. You see the difference? So. If you use these two steps of effective failure, again, I'm going to say them again. Number one is failing as a verb, like taking action, getting a result, the effect from that action and learning the discipline to learn from the effect of it is number one. Number two is allowing the failure to be there versus resisting it. Don't you think about like, Resisting it looks like you're avoiding it. You're tensing up, trying to like get it away from you, like look away. You don't want to see it versus acceptance of it is, okay, this is here. This isn't what I wanted, but that just means I take a next, the next step to get what I want. It's like opening up to it and not making it mean that you can't hit your goal. It's just, oh, there's more steps here than what I realized to be able to hit my goal and moving forward. So the last thing that I want to share here with you in this episode is something that I taught in my mastermind this last week. I think it's important to see this. So your human brain is going to prioritize things one way, but in order for you to get to your goals faster, we have to change the priority. So we have three components here. I want you to think about these. We're going to have success failure and inaction. Okay. Your human brain wants you to feel as good as possible all the time. So guess what it's going to prioritize of success, failure, and inaction as priority number one. It's going to prioritize success, right? Because success feels the best out of all all of those. So it will, if you think that you can create success, like you probably think that you can go write an email maybe, right? Like that might be something that's pretty easy for you. So probably don't have a lot of resistance or think that you're going to fail at writing an email because you know that you can be successful at writing an email. So success is going to be prioritized first because it feels the best. The next thing that your brain is going to prioritize is what do you think between inaction and failure? Yeah, inaction. Inaction feels way better than failure does, right? So your human brain of these three elements, success, inaction, and failure, is going to prioritize success first. And if we can't be successful at something, guess what then it's going to tell us to do? Just don't take any action. (laughs) Stay in learning mode. 
Stay in the comfort place. Stay in the place where you're not likely to have any failure. This is really, really important because as we, as you build a business, you realize like you come into the office every day, even if your office is the bedroom next door, right? And your job really is to fail and be rejected. Like that's what we sign up for pretty much over and over and over again. So this is why it's so hard for people to do business is because we're fighting against our human brain. The human brain wants success. If we think something's easy to do and we're for sure going to be able to accomplish it, we're going to do that first. But if we think that we can't do it or it's going to be hard or it's going to feel bad, we're going to be much more likely to just do nothing or just do a couple things that feel good rather than doing the thing that is likely to end in failure. Okay, so success, inaction, failure. That's what your brain is going to prioritize. But guess what? When you're going after big goals, goals you haven't achieved before, maybe up-leveling your business or something else in your life, guess what the order of priorities has to be in order for you to get there? We have to prioritize failure number one. We have to flip this whole human brain prioritization. Prioritize failure is number one. Because if we fail enough, we're going to be successful. So that's what we prioritize as number two. Failure first, knowing that that's going to lead us to priority number two, which is success. And then we prioritize inaction last, very least. Okay. Failure is the thing that is going to produce so much more success, so much faster than inaction. And this is why it's important to see the difference between effective failure and ineffective failure, because that inaction isn't going to produce anything that's going to teach you anything. You're not going to have like learned something or have new insight on a on the next step forward or something that you might try when you're not doing anything, even though that feels better than doing something that you've never done before that you're not sure it's going to work. You're going to get an, a result from that and that's going to get you one step closer to where you want to go. So here's my question for you. What do you want to achieve? What can you try this week that might be a failure, but that you can use to get yourself closer to your goal? Here's what I want to challenge you to do is to make a list of 12 things you'd be willing to try over the next quarter and that you join me in the 50 fails challenge on Instagram over this next quarter. Just try it out. Even if you just do it for one quarter. Just as an experiment to see, does this work for you? And then if it doesn't work, you don't ever have to do it again. But at least would you be willing to give yourself the experience of it so you could become more resilient towards failure? You'd probably be putting yourself out there and doing some bigger things that you know you could be doing, but you've been keeping yourself from doing it because you've been worried about failing. Go make that list of 12 things this week. DM me on Instagram if you're in and you're going to join me trying to like re-energize, re-motivate you to go after 50 fails this year. And of course, you don't have to do that. But if you want to join me in one quarter, let's just make the next quarter the quarter that you try this out. And all you need to do is make a list of 12 things you'd be willing to try and fail at just so you can learn and move yourself closer. 12 steps closer to success is what you would be at if you went after these 12 fails over the next quarter and join me in this fails challenge. Okay, have a gorgeous week. I will see you next week. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Unbusier Life Show. 
If you're a coach with a day job struggling to get your coaching business off the ground because you think you need more time or that your day job is keeping you from your dream business, my niche strategy call is just for you. You will come away from this call with the right niche for you, learn how to get three clients and the five simple steps of making 10K working just 10 hours a week. You don't need a lot of time to make money in your business as a coach. All you really need is the plan to do it and the hours that you do have. I only offer a few of these each week, so go grab yours today by visiting my website at www.neilwilliams.com. This call is for you if you still aren't making money in your business or it's really hard to sell your offer or you're stuck in niche drama. We'll tackle all of it in this 30-minute call. Have a gorgeous week and I'll see you right here on the show next week.